Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in to Arrowhead Pride Radio. Here's the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens. All right, let's ride. Let's ride. No, no. We can do that now. Not this week. We can fish. What? This is the week you don't do it. Oh, this is Crush Russ. That's, okay. that's what we're leading with on After Hours. Okay. Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens with you tonight. Chris Nacero as well in the house. This is Arrowhead Pride Radio. Ron Cop Jr. coming up at 6.30, 6.15, sorry, to join the show. Uh, he actually joined me last Tuesday. We yeah. did have a show last Wednesday. We survived without you, unfortunately. Um, I don't know how. Yeah, tell me about it, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm ready to go. A big loss on Sunday. A, a very... A very emotional loss uh, from all aspects, from the team to the coaches to individual players any, to the fan base. Any tears out of you? Absolutely not. No. I think the last time I cried, this is a true story, was when I was a diehard KU basketball fan. Okay. And Hakeem Warwick uh, blocked Michael Lee's shot in the corner to essentially win the national title 2003, mm-hmm. your alma mater. Nah, not too bad. So there not you too go. bad of a moment. They had a great end. player that year named uh, Jeremy McAmara. Yes, yes. Uh, and Carmelo Anthony. Now that <laughs> now that we've had all the KU fans turn turn the dial. Right. Yeah. Well, you work in radio, you learn to like not like Hey, you guys days. have gotten championships since then, so I think you're okay. It's not a we thing. They have gotten two. So yeah, they're yeah. fine. Okay. And they got a, a COVID title, but that's not it's not hot talk. It's not anything like that. This is Arrowhead Pride Radio, this is Chiefs Talk. Let's get right into it. Is Cincinnati Kansas City's daddy? Well, there's really not much of an argument against it okay. at this point. So, I mean, you got to be honest with yourself. I think the fortunate thing is, I don't know. It Doesn't it seem likely that these two teams are going to see each other for one more dance this year? I, I just I, I just, hope. I just get that sense. I, I mean, I really do. I, I think Cincinnati's coming on at the right time. I've said this all week, and I've gotten a few eye rolls, I know, from some of you out there regarding the Chiefs. I am not worried at all. I just think Buffalo's road is too hard for them to go undefeated, and I think the Chiefs' road is very winnable each and every Mm -hmm. week. The only thing that I even get pause about when it comes to the Chiefs' next five games is that Week 18 game because the Raiders are coming on, and you never know when you're playing a potentially a good team in the division. Mm-hmm. The Broncos are not a good team. I, I don't want to jinx anything here because I know people always worry about that, but they just aren't. And so I just look at the Chiefs' road, and I look at Buffalo's road, and I just feel like the Chiefs, just like they did after the last loss, are going to rebound and win five in a row and then I, I wonder if Buffalo could really, in what has become the best division in the AFC, just win out, and then we expect them to beat the Bengals that just took care of the Chiefs. And then, you know, I, I could see even Chicago upsetting the Bills. So they got a really tough road ahead of them. And so 
for for me, this week has been about, okay, there are problems to fix. There's no doubt problems. And when you lose a game, they get emphasized, they get magnified. But if if Kelsey doesn't fumble that ball, which you know, you win a lot of games for, for, because of Travis Kelsey. So we're not, we're not blaming him here at all. A lot went wrong, but if he doesn't fumble that ball, you might win by 11 and the whole story is different this week. So I'm just not as worried as everybody else. And I think people will start to feel better starting with the, the Denver Broncos this weekend. And Oh, by the way, the Buffalo bills have the jets and Mike white, not, not anything to write home about, but their defense is pretty damn good. I mean, you may, may wake up on Monday and, and this thing could be right back reversed to where it was. Yeah, I mean, they got Mike White t-shirts in the locker room for the Jets they were wearing in support of him. Their so. defense is Sauce Garner, legitimate. Baby. And so, Sauce, baby. We'll, we'll see what happens. And I just don't think Josh Allen has been as good since that elbow thing. He, just, he, he hasn't been the same player. He's still been good. Ooh. He's still better than a lot of quarterbacks. He's not that MVP candidate right now. And I think he's vulnerable to even lose as early as this weekend. Before I ask you the second question, before we get into the injury report, bigger Kelsey moment this year. Uh, when it comes to a loss, the drop touchdown in Indianapolis mm-hmm. or the fumble in Cincinnati, both resulted in. I think the seven fumble's the other, worse because yeah. it ended he, in seven points after he fumbled. Even some of the better receivers in the league, like you think about, even in this game, the Tyler Boyd drop that should have been an easy touchdown. And Tyler Boyd's a good receiver. I mean, there's an MBS drop. He's not great. Well, you know that. I know that. Unfortunately, is more common than. And some of the others, but sure. I, what, you know, what I tell you is even, you know, the best players will have these play. Remember the Mike Evans drop earlier sure. in the season, the wide open 70 wide open. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's going to happen. So for me, uh, he wanted that one back and you heard it on, on new heights, but I, I think he is probably sick over, over the fumble. Cause it, like I said, you know, we're talking about all these different quote unquote problems with what is still one of the better teams in football. But if he, if he doesn't fumble that, we're not talking about that at all. So. So the other thing I want to talk about before we get into the injury report real quick is how much did that loss against Cincinnati, since the NFL is such a week-by-week-by-week, how much did that change the course of the rest of the season for the Chiefs? Because I'll tell you right now, Chris and I did a show last Tuesday, and we were talking about how the Chiefs beat Cincinnati, which I think they should have and could have. They didn't. Um, You're not playing a starter in the last two weeks of the season. I think there's a, a refocus, though, that, that sometimes is good with losses. Mm-hmm. The players and the coaches will will never really want to go that far and say, you know, we can have good after a loss. And I don't blame them for that. you got to be trying to win each and every week. That's the NFL. But there's something about losing to this team and the bad taste in your mouth that mm-hmm. makes you want to absolutely kill the Denver Broncos. And that simply would not have been the case if they go and beat the Bengals. And I, I just think you saw that after the last loss to the Bills, and that's why the Chiefs were so good for five weeks straight. You know, there were some dicey moments, but that's going to happen. You never know. But they were able to get the win in each and each one of, one of those games. And and for me, now you refocus, and and because of a schedule in which you're, you're probably going to be a touchdown better. Now, I, I go to back to that Raiders game. Maybe it's a little bit less than that game. Mm-hmm. But for the rest of the way, you're probably going to be a touchdown favorite better right here in, in beautiful Mission, Kansas, um, you know, the rest of the way. So as long as you take care of business and play clean football, start winning the turnover battle more, I, I really feel confident about this Chiefs team even still having lost that game on Sunday. It's Wednesday. Let's get to the injury report. It's a new week in the NFL, which means it's time to take a look at the new injury report for the Chiefs. All right, Pete Sweeney, you were there today at practice. You yep. get to see everybody there. Let the people know. How many people missed practice today? Well, if you're looking at the 53-man roster, zero players actually missed practice for the Chiefs, which is outstanding news. Now, let's let's keep in mind, if you're just turning on the radio today, 
Wide receiver McCole Hardman is still an injured reserve. Right. We've seen him bopping around the building a little bit, and Andy Reid had some good comments about him today. I'm tending to think this will be the last week that he's on IR. I, my feel is that you see McCole Hardman return next week. When it comes to players that were limited for the Chiefs today, Kadarius Toney and Nick Bolton. So something to watch. I feel differently than I do with Hardman on Tony. I think this is a let's ease him back into practice type of week. They are being ultra cautious because they understand from those two games just how much of a weapon Tony can be in the postseason. So they're going to be, I mean, I I think next week is possible for him, but I, I wouldn't even be stunned if they do two weeks of this ramp up, quote unquote, thing because hamstrings are, are dicey. And so you need to know that. And then, of course, Patrick Mahomes was a full participant, so not to alarm you, but he did make the injury report with that bruised foot. Seems like it's going to be okay, but you always got to mention if the quarterback appears on the injury. He has some tough feet, man. This is what, year two in a row of, of having like some sort of foot problem and then the Tampa game, right? In the really? Yeah. It's like three it, years in a row. It really it? goes from like the thigh down with yeah. him because, you know, he Kneecap. had the dislocated knee yeah. that re- got relocated in, what, uh, 21 he days. Said it was in the side of his leg. I mean, he... He might have been a little inebriated when he said that in the parade. He had he had a few of Bink Spears. What, what Shotgun one right in front of me. Yeah. And like yeah. two drops hit the floor. Real humble guy at the podium, except when he has 1,000 beers at the Super Bowl parade. And, and then he said his knee was on the other side of his leg, yes. While grabbing in a certain area. And then, um, yeah, good for him. I mean, you're you're really allowed to do whatever you want. He had a Super Bowl trophy in his hand. Hey, if you have the Lombardi, <laughs> yeah, you, can, like, you can do just do whatever the hell you want. Um... Yeah, so his foot is bruised, but I think it's going to be okay. He also had that, that turf toe, which he played through in the playoffs. And yeah. So still the MVP favorite, but your boy, Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts, has narrowed it a little bit after last week. But I think it's still Mahomes in control. I, I think your, your bet will be safe, um, you know, when it comes to okay. when it comes to that. that what, what do they call that futures bet? Yeah. Cortland Sutton on the other side. Mm-hmm. Mispractice uh, with a hamstring issue himself. So, and they don't think he's going to play at all. And they're saying that on a Wednesday. That's never good because, not to like cut you off, but yeah. normally if it's Wednesday and there's like a hamstring injury, they're like, we'll see how he does throughout the week. We'll check him before the game, and then we'll go from there. And now it's like they're automatically like, they don't think he's going to be ready to go on Sunday. No, no, and and they're a little they're a little battered and bruised. So I think their entire injury report is one to watch. Jerry Judy, wide receiver, ankle limited practice too. So yeah, we'll see about them. You know, not only are they such an inferior team because of their their offense and what they're unable to do, but they're they're beat up as well. So as the Chiefs are getting healthy, so that's in the Chiefs' favor as well. But their entire defense is healthy, good to go. That that pretty stellar defense on the other their side. Defense is good, but yep. I you know you got to think the Chiefs can score more than nine points, can't they? Yeah, well, you'd think that. We'll get into Denver and Denver's week uh, when we get on the other side of what is the most important part of this show, which is lead analyst at Arrowhead Pride, Ron Kopp Jr., what he saw on the tapes for Cincinnati and what he expects to see in the future between Denver and Kansas City. Pete Sweeney, Dusty Laggins, Chris Unicero. It's Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. 
How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. Back in on Arrowhead Pride Radio. It's Wednesday, week 14. The season, sadly, is is coming to an end. Um, but this show still got about 45 minutes, so now we get to go uh, to the RKO or the RKJ, Ron Kopp Jr., uh, who, who held it down with me last week without the boss man, but he's back. Ron, how was the, how was the week? A tough loss, but how are we doing over there? Hey, you know, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. It's been a, it has been a weird reaction on on Chiefs Twitter I, I think losing three straight to a team can drive some people crazy which you know I, I'm one of those people a little bit driven a little crazy so I'm good though it, it does feel weird though it's kind of the last big game of the year you kind of mentioned it's, it's winding down it doesn't feel like there's many big games for the postseason left so that was kind of it talking to our lead analyst Ron Kopp from Arrowhead Pride we're gonna have three lessons for the Chiefs offense a, a film review that'll be coming out tomorrow but like to start the week I'm sorry. It's like Scrooge. Yes. Ebenezer yes. Ron. The, the Bengals have been seriously the ghost of, of Christmas past. Yeah. Uh, why the Bengals keep beating the chiefs. This was an article that you had out for us pretty shortly after the game. And so I'd, I'd love you to kind of discuss what you, you believe seems to be the problem here and, and why this has been such a tough, consistent opponent. Well, I'll start with the defense uh, as in the chiefs defense, because I do think, you know, this particular game, there was there was definitely times for the offense to mask what the defense did, right, and, and overcome, you know, the defense's inabilities. But you can't ignore what, what, what happened when, when the Chiefs were on defense. I mean, just bad tackling, you know, you know from everybody on the field, from off-ball defenders, you know, your linebackers, your corner, or just your safeties and linebackers for the most part. Well, that was one thing we all thought, you know, maybe they, they moved on from, you know, this offseason and their new wave of the defenders. You know, maybe they're tougher, you know, more physical. You know, you'll see less missed tackles. Well, it appeared to be, you know, the same thing this year. And, and so that's one of the things where it just drives you crazy. You know, why is this, you know, the Bengals team, you know, someone they can't tackle well. Well, you know, they do have really good playmakers, right? Jamar Chase is not the easiest dude to tackle. So, you know, maybe you can excuse that a little bit. But not getting a pass rush either is just, a little inexcusable. You know, the Bengals really did a good job focusing in on Chris Jones and forcing everyone else to make a play, and no one else did. And I think that's one flaw that, that Chris Jones being dominant this year has, has, you know, masked a little bit. So the defense just, you know, those are the two things that we saw last year too at times where, you know, Patras didn't get home and missed tackling. But on offense, man, you know, that's where it can just, you know, it, it's just weird because I do think a lot of the times, a lot of things they did on Sunday – they did learn their lessons from last year. You saw the run game be more impactful and then a lot more, you know, we saw more carries for the tailbacks and it worked, you know, uh, it had a 5.3 yards per carry rate and were efficient. I do think they could have been better situationally uh, trusted a little more in, in certain situations, but they also, you know, it seemed like, you know, for the most part, Mahomes was, was getting big plays, you know, when he needed it, it's just those, those missed opportunities late, you know, obviously the fumble, but that last sack, man, I, you know, the, it is on Orlando Brown, in my opinion. I think he he really does let the pressure go too, you know, too quickly against a three man rush. And you saw that last year too at times in the AFC Championship, where yeah. you know a three man rush creates pressure, and that's unexcusable. Um, you know, there's there's five guys blocking three guys. You can't have pressure. And 
you know, from there, you know, there's a few things the homes could have done, but it comes down to, to not allowing three guys to create pressure. So, and that happened last year too. That's the frustrating part. And, and that's where, you know, Orlando Brown really kind of, solidified himself as, as someone that it just seems like can't really, you know, do his best when it's, when it's a, you know, a top tier edge rusher like Trey Hendrickson. And that's, that was just disappointing to see on that play. How much of it, Ron, do you think you can give away with, I guess, getaway is that this secondary is young. The youth of this defense is going to have mistakes like that. So how much of that is concerning moving on, maybe not towards the rest of the season, but when it's, when the lights get a little bit brighter and, They've got one game of experience against a team like Cincinnati who seems to have no fear of who you are. Well, that's the funny part about it is that the young players were really the ones that were impressive more than the veterans, right? I think you saw a great play from cornerbacks Trent McDuffie and Joshua Williams. I say great play from Williams. You know, he was on the receiving end of a few of the the biggest plays, right? You know, T. Higgins had a few big plays on him, including the game-ending first down but he still had great coverage on Higgins. He was tight on him. You know, he showed that length and, and really seemed to get his hands on in, in the ball. And just, you know, Higgins is just a really good receiver. And, and that's why it seems like they have two wide receiver ones. That's why they're so dangerous, but it's the, it's the veterans that really were disappointing. And, and that's where it's, it's a little concerning, right? You know, Juan Thornhill and Justin Reed, you know, this year they've combined, they haven't made, they haven't created many turnovers this year. I think it's one combined between them, you know, and that's not something you're used to seeing from the chief safety position. They're usually a, a position that, you know, makes plays themselves, creates turnovers. Obviously Tyron Matthews has been the head guy there, but even guys like Sorensen were making plays at times and, and you're not seeing plays made by these safeties. And, and then you pile on the missed tackles from, um, from Sunday, which Reed and Thornhill both had significant missed tackles. That's the that's the you know um, the concerning part about it is the young players actually look you know looked good and I was excited about that the veterans you, the guys you think would you know step up and, and play better that that didn't seem to step up. Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens on Arrowhead Pride Radio right here on Six Ten Sports Radio. We're talking to Ron Cop, our lead analyst at Arrowhead Pride. Ron, I had mentioned and teased it a little bit here the three lessons for the Chiefs' offense from the latest loss to the Bengals. Looking forward a little bit here. That'll come out at Arrowhead Pride sometime tomorrow morning. But just to preview it and think on it a little bit here, what do you think is the biggest lesson the offense could learn from this Bengals loss and put that toward the rest of what will be the five-game regular season and then who knows in the playoffs? Right, and if they see the Bengals again, I think this is the, the key thing they need to learn is that to beat this defense, to beat that Bengals defense, you know, how they drop and, and, and flood coverages with, with the amount of guys they do and the mixed coverages they do, they really mix it up a lot. Mahomes and, and the offense in general just needs to trust players to make plays after the catch. And that was one thing that, you know, maybe is an underrated part of this game. The Chiefs were missing Kadarius Tony and McCole Hardman, who are both, you know, playmakers, especially after the catch. Those jet sweep actions, you know, you only saw one and it was Sky Moore. You maybe see more of that with McCole, right? I do think that was a big key in this, and, and I think it comes down on that last play as well. You know, I, you look at the play, you know, you look at Mahomes trying to make a, a play downfield before he's sacked. Well, at the same time, you know, if, once he resets after escaping that pressure initially, McKinnon is in the flat, and yes, he's not in the greatest position to for sure get the first down. There's a corner, you know, five, ten yards away that could probably get a beat on him pretty quick. But you got to trust your guys to make a play after the right. catch at some point, and I think that was a theme of this game. The Bengals force the Chiefs to make tackles. The Chiefs never really forced the Bengals to make tackles. It seemed like Mahomes was always trying to make, you know, every play, you know, the, the air yards were the most important part rather than – and the big plays they did have, right, Juju Smith-Schuster converting third and fourth downs. 
what was that? Quick passes, getting the ball in his hands, make him break, let him break a tackle and, and get space. So that's where I think they missed Tony and Hardman, but it's a big lesson for next time is that, you know, maybe Mahomes just needs to trust, you know, checking down a little more at times, you know, and, and just maybe just giving guys more opportunities to, to make plays after the catch. Real quick before we let you go, Ron, you watch the game again, you watch plays over and over again. How bad was the roughing the passer call? <laughs> Man, I'm so numb to it now. Dusty, like, I'm going to be honest. Like, That's sad. They're bad every week, and it's just that one, I, I, you know, one wasn't even as bad as Chris Jones, I will say. Yeah. I mean, at least this guy, at least you saw where actually put the body weight on him, which is still dumb. But, yeah, I'm so numb to it, man. It's, it's ridiculous. What do you got coming up the rest of the week before the Denver Broncos and Chiefs play? Yeah, well, we're, we'll move on from this Bengals game for now on to Denver. As, as Pete said, you know, maybe that is the, the thing we remember from this, you know, uh, down as the season uh, ends, uh, you know, in February. But uh, just looking at Denver, man, you know, looking at Denver, the opponent scout, and then five things to watch will come out as well. And, yeah, we're just getting ready for, you know, Denver's defense isn't any slouch. So the Chiefs will have to still bring it Sunday and, and get this win. They'll have to earn it still. Let's ride. Ron, we appreciate the time oh every God. single time. It's going to happen, man. It's all week. Uh, Ron Cobb, lead analyst of Arrowhead Pride. Ron, thanks again for the time. We'll talk to you next Wednesday. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys. Ron Cobb Jr., lead analyst of Arrowhead Pride. I like what he said there. I think he's the thing that sticks out is that he's numb, someone who watches every single week and he sees a call and she's well, like, Yeah, it is what it is. I have Thanks. the right I have the right take on the roughing the passer call. Yeah. The roughing the passer call was not the wrong call. The rule is written so that you're just not allowed, no matter how fast you're going at this guy to have your entire body weight on it. What the NFL needs to do is review it and essentially make it a little bit more of a, a judgment call. I know that's a little bit dicey, but you can't have a guy that is supposed to be gunning for a quarterback and then suddenly has to stop on a dime and prevent his body from landing on top of him. The rule is written incorrectly. I get what they're trying to do. It's a quarterback league. If you don't have the quarterbacks, it's not Ooh. as exciting, yada, yada, yada. But you can't just completely take the the – force out of what is the defense and i i just think in, in that situation based upon how it's written they made the right call but the rule is stupid that that's what i i feel about it. and i hope they review it and kind of tweak it a little bit in the offseason all right well cincinnati's done even though it still hurts a lot of you out there but it's over with and now we have to move on we can move on to the denver broncos who well i've got a couple questions for pete and they're things that the chiefs i think have to avoid that it's Pretty similar to a poker player losing a big hand. Pete Sweeney, mm. Dusty Likens, Chris Nucero, Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun, but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that t-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once-in-a-lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. 
Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. How appropriate was that commercial right before this starts? Let's ride is what they said. I didn't say that. The commercial said it. You know, the one that pays the bills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very popular show from this hour, and then everybody leaves after this hour. No, no, they stay. They don't stay for. I've seen hours. the books. <laughs> yeah. I've seen them. They stay. Shut up, dude. I've seen them. Yeah, I've seen the books. Yeah, I've seen the books. Is that how the conversation goes with the boss? Hey, Pete, come here real quick. You want to see? You want to see what's going on from uh, seven to nine after you leave? Mm. Spike. No, it, it, <laughs> yeah. though, though, no, they. It's a. It's a steady ship. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. a good friend, man. I don't know if everybody's ever told you that. You're yeah. a good friend. You're welcome. I should have gone to your birthday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so let's get into this. Yeah. Uh, it's Denver week. Obviously, the same spice isn't there. Nathaniel Hackett said to get it back to a rivalry, they have to start mm-hmm. winning. We know the sayings and the cliches. Like, the Denver Broncos haven't won since Barack Obama's been in office. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, you know, been 2015 since the last time the Chiefs have lost to Denver, Peyton Manning was there, whatever you want to bring up. Yeah. Can they, can they just, can they just beat the snot out of Denver? Because yeah. all I see on the bottom line ticker every single week is that Denver's not losing by getting blown out, right? Cause their defense yeah. is so damn good, but it's like. They lose in obscure ways. What was it like so, 12 to 10 against San Francisco? It's so well, annoying. The problem is with Denver is the defense is legit. Yes. A Super Bowl defense. That's yes. how they, they operate, which puts Russ Wilson still in games at the end because they've only, the opposing team has only scored like somewhere between 13 and 20 points. And I, I would be a, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. And there's more that Thank goes you. into it than just feelings, right? Yeah. Game planning, health, everything that you want to mention. There's something about the Chiefs where if they had beaten the Bengals and smashed them up, won a game by seven, they, as I've said before, they could have won this game by 11. You know, we're not really talking about that enough, in my opinion, um, with, with, with it coming down to one play. But let's say in, a, in an alternate universe, they win that game. I think this game would worry me a little bit. I just think the fact that they were beat and they're just such a better team than Denver. I just, I don't think there's any way that they come out slow. I don't think there's any way they come out flat. And I, I just think Denver had to be looking at this chiefs Bengals game and sort of hoping that the chiefs won. I think the worst case scenario for them in, in Denver was them losing this game because now I just think they're going to get that ticked off virgin version of, of Patrick and Travis and, I think the defense is going to play a little bit meaner and tougher and, and hopefully you get that energy the rest of the way. I don't want this game to be 17 to nine. I want this game to be 44 to 10. I mean, it's not going to be 44 to 10. I don't care that let it be 35 to 10, 28 points literally on this Denver defense is the equivalent of 44 and another good. Then make it 28 to three, 28, three is fine. That's fair. They should have at least three sacks. I think anyone would take 28 to 10. Who's going to play receiver for Denver. Yeah. KJ Hamler's probably out. Sutton's out. Judy's probably not playing. They're tied in, whatever his name is. Like, Don't forget COVID quarterback Kendall Hinton. Yeah. Yeah. He, that was fun. 
Craig, so, Craig Dolchich is, is he's spicy. surprisingly good. I'll, I'll tell you, I, I think there's a, a Kelsey Dolchich jersey swap in, in the near future here. I feel like that could be a, a guy that asked for Kelsey's jersey. I hope nobody swaps jerseys with Russell Wilson. Hmm. Like, I hope it's like an eighth-grade skate dance, and when you go pick your partner, everybody gets to swap a jersey, and there's Russ over here going like, nobody. Was in the, was in the locker room today. I spotted Tyler Higby's jersey in Travis Kelsey's locker. Really? Must have been a swap that I didn't notice. Huh. Well... So there's a Travis Kelsey jersey somewhere in the hills of Los Angeles, I would imagine. Yeah. Game respects game, right? I guess that's the best way to say it. Well, there's that, that tight end fraternity. And, and to, to Kelsey's credit, even past Kansas City and, and everything that he has done here, and obviously he's going to be a pro football Hall of Famer, but he's, he's sort of a keeper of the position. Him and, him and George Kittle and Greg Olson have that tight end university thing. That's pretty cool. On the yeah. Um, I thought it was also crazy that him and Kittle on National Tight End Day had the exact same yardage. No, they planned that. Do they really? The NFL planned it. Yeah. No way. No, they didn't. Because it could have happened. No, yeah, no way. Um, speaking, <laughs> of, speaking of something that we normally don't plan is every year when the Chiefs will clinch the division. They can do it in week 14. Obviously, this was the game that gets, which is kind of just like the parody of the NFL. Chiefs get flexed out this week from 720 to 305 because Russell Wilson is an atrocious quarterback in the NFL. They then flex the Chargers and Dolphins into 7.20 p.m. in the night game. Chiefs win, Chargers lose, Chiefs win the division. Week 14, again. This is a pretty must-win game for the Chargers, but Miami is good. I mean, they, they're, I know they, they didn't play well last week, but I, I just think they're, they're good. I, I feel like that's a coin flip game. Yeah. I won't cop out there. I think L.A. wins. Um, Against Miami? I do. I do. I, I, I just think they're Bingley's bad. still mad that you'll take Herbert over Burrow. I know. And he won't let it go. He won't let it go. <laughs> yeah. he, he really won't He's let like, it yeah, go. He's like, yeah, I get Pete about two more weeks. <laughs> I'm like, all right. <laughs> well, I, I mean, yeah, Sparrow has gone to a, a Super Bowl, and, and I you know, I get all that. But I, mm-hmm. I think sometimes Herbert is a, a product of the situation that he's been been dealt. I, you know, I'm not sure about that coaching staff, but not to get bogged down in that. I just think, yeah, yeah. I just think they have the better quarterback, and they've been – basically playing less than, than they are in a way. And I think also, too, they just lost to the Raiders, but the Raiders, to me, are, are better than they, they've been playing as well. I think the, the AFC West has been playing poorly this year when it, when it comes to teams other than the Chiefs. Again, I'm, I'm picking the Chargers like in a 51% thing. I, I think Miami could easily win, but if you're making me pick the game, I'll take L.A. But, again, even if you're the Chiefs and you win, that just means you have to win next week, and then you'll get the AFC West. And, look, I could see Miami winning that game, so – Take care of business against Denver. Get get your get your dinner ready and and watch the Sunday night football game and they might be AFC West champions by the end of it. What did the Chiefs come out on tilt? Like you said, I'm just taking the opposite approach. You say no. that Cincinnati went, the losses against Cincinnati has the Chiefs just fired up. Everybody's back at practice today. Everybody's working in and yeah. out system. What if they come out and play? I mean, it's in Denver. No. I mean, it's in Mile High. There's a lot of haunting memories there. Mm-mm. There's no chance they come out on tilt. Where they're trying to do too much against, like you said, you you quoted no, I, Super Bowl defense. I'm what I picture is going to happen is more of a machine. I I just think they're going to go into machine mode again and and start to realize okay, we're we're beatable, which is true now, right? They just lost, and I I just I don't think they'll overlook Denver. Like I said, I I think the biggest thing for me was them losing. I I think if you're Denver, you wanted them to beat the Bengals, so maybe this could be a, a, a pseudo trap game. The Chiefs need this game. You know, if you really want to talk about the playoffs starting, we all know the Chiefs are going to make the playoffs. We all know that they're going to win a division. But if they really mm-hmm. want that, a buy is a win. A playoff buy is a win. It's one yeah. less game that you have to play. 
So you're playing for that now. They have to win each and every week. So in a way, the playoffs have started, and I think that's the worst-case scenario for Denver. What is it about this week that makes it so important? Because, I mean, you, we talk about it. Like, if they win and Miami loses, or they win and Miami wins, the, the division is over. But also, it's what's more so around the Chiefs. Like, Buffalo's schedule, you don't like that. Miami's schedule is almost as almost parallel to Buffalo's schedule. Right. And then there's the Jets. So when it comes to these teams and everybody that's involved with this rent, why is this week so important with everybody else going to beat each other up? I just think it's riding the ship like what you're saying and, and what, what you want. You don't want to see a 12, 10 chiefs win or whatever. No, I want like, to see a 29 to f- like seven win. No, I, I think they feel that way too. I think that, that I think they need to win by multiple scores to, and, and a heavy score to feel like, okay, we're we've righted the ship. And then you look at the rest of the way, and you're better than the rest of the teams. Whereas you have these other teams in the AFC. They're beating up on each other. The Bengals have a game with the Bills. The schedules for both teams are tough. Their divisions, both teams, are not wrapped up like the Chiefs. I mean, they they have a lot more pressing matters in a way and a lot more pressure, I think, because they got dogs breathing behind them. You write the ship on Sunday, and that's what I've been trying to – as best I can, calm Chiefs fans down down this week. Is if you just write the ship on Sunday, I mean, you may, again, you may wake up Monday and it might be reversed again if the Jets are able to pull off that upset, or you write the ship and there's still four weeks to go with a challenging schedule for 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 Buffalo and Cincinnati. So I'm not panicked, and I understand there's people panicked about the problems, and I and I get that. I think rightfully that stems from you know we can't waste this other world quarterback by not winning a Super Bowl more than once. I mean, they, mm. they went to one. The offensive line was a disaster. Should have been the, the three straight. The offsides was a mischance, and then you had last year blowing that lead was a mischance. And so people are sick of the mischances. I think that's where this panic energy is coming from. But I, you know, I'm here to say just breathe. I mean, this is the best team in the AFC, and they have the easiest schedule left. There you go. That's a nice, yeah, that's a nice breath right there. Mm. Yep. That's what you all need to do, according to Pete Sweeney, psychologist of Kansas City Chiefs sports fans. Uh, <laughs> Pete Sweeney, the uh, the chief editor of Arrowhead Pride, Dusty Leggins with you, and then uh, my other guy, Chris Unicero, he's here as well. Coming up at 8 o'clock or 7 o'clock, I guess we're a little early. 7 o'clock, we'll start after hours, but we come back, we get into your questions, a.k.a. the Arrowhead Pride mailbag here on Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. Listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a smart water alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Back in on Arrowhead Pride Radio. I like this segment because this is where... I think this is where the final nerves come out from the previous week slash to this week. You take the gloves off a little bit. Yeah, well, yeah, you kind of, what, regress. You kind of sit back and think to yourself, okay, it's a new week. Denver's terrible. But what's the stat? Binkley loves that he keeps keeping a tally. But they'd like, be 9-2 and two if they scored 18 points or more. I believe the stat is, and, and don't quote me officially on this, because it's okay. something like this, but had... 
the Broncos scored 18 points in regulation, yeah, they would be 10 and two. Jeez, every game, <laughs> 18 points. Well, that's what you get for signing Russell Wilson to a huge contract. They're in trouble. I mean, you, you, know, you, you think you, th- you think <laughs> about you think about past this year. They have to start him again. And so I that, that's why I don't think that Daniel Hackett, their first year head coach, is going to make it back because they have to try something different. They're can't not gonna, they can't fire. They're not gonna, they're not going to fire, quote unquote, Russell Wilson. They're just not. So well, they, and no one's going to trade for him. No way. No way. <laughs> yeah, so no one's be like, hey, you know what? They have to start him at least next year. I think in year three, if it's still not working, you know, now you're three years before the contract is up. I think you, at that point, maybe you can make a move, but they got to stick with him next year. Every week, send us your questions on Twitter at Arrowhead Pride and at 610 Sports KC. Now it's time for the mail. All right. Real quick, Dusty Likens gets question number one. What's that? Who's made Russell Wilson look worse? Nathaniel Hackett, Russell Wilson, or Geno Smith? I think Russ kind of did this to himself. Okay. I think... Nathaniel Hackett is the only one of the three that's going to lose their job because of it, which seems unfair because I think he's number three. Russ Wilson, for me, is number one because of all the, like, off-the-field stuff that he presented ahead of the year, making up the catchphrase, sort of promising Denver that things would be different. He did it to himself because he's not only bad, he's unlikable. But he cares a lot. And then, it, you know, Gino was icing on the cake. Gino just, just, I mean, when we go back to the offseason with Pete Carroll, it seemed ridiculous at the oh, yeah. with Gino Smith. And he, it was like, all right, you guys wait and see, chewing that old gum. It's 77. And he was right. And we were all wrong, myself included. And kudos to him. So Gino Smith's number two. And, and I don't think there's much Nathaniel. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett has been a disaster, but I don't know how much you could do with Russ Wilson. I mean, it, it is a broken man. It is a man that you could stick a fork in because he's done. Mm. And so he probably deserves the least blame, and he's the only one that won't have a job next year. Nathaniel Hackett was fired the first primetime game of the year when he didn't get the he, The time thing was bad. Uh, but, you know, week one. Andy Reid has had his moments with the with the clock. He's been way better. Yeah, Andy Reid's won at least 10 games every year, but one in We haven't talked City. about the Andy Reid time thing in a long time, and, and well, I think he, he's adjusted. Very that's nice. good. Yeah. Uh, okay, this is the first question from the fan base. This is from Merce the Nurse. I hope that's not sexual. Uh, Merce the Nurse, 31. Why can't we beat the Bengals? Sad emoji face. Well, that's what we've been talking about the whole show. I, I, I would blame it, and this is my my own personal feeling. I would, I would blame last week's game mostly on the fact that they couldn't get pressure on the quarterback. I mean, they've, they've been better at that this year. And, and Joe Burrow was bobbing and weaving. I think he was hit one time. He only got 11 pressures the one sack close to the end i mean he almost went without a sack and that part needs to be better and we'll see if the chiefs make adjustments in the in the future both this year and and getting maybe some different players in the mix along the defensive line to to get get around that edge and carlos carloff just has to take a step next year as well this is from at t varmint t varmint when will niang be back at starting right tackle I think you might see him this week. We don't get a full practice look like we do at training camp, but I think it's a very real possibility that this is the week you see Lucas Niang. He's been off the injured list for a while now. You quote unquote football shape and, and needing time to build into that. 
I wouldn't be stunned if, you know, they take their, their warm-up snaps and it's Lucas Yang instead of Andrew Wiley. People have said uh, you can replace Orlando Brown. They're not replacing Orlando Brown at left tackle. They're just not. He's the franchise tag. They're going to play him there. But, but, and, and, you know, this is, this is the, the tough part about not making as much money as some of the high end guys because you, you can make a case that maybe Brown deserves to be replaced more, but it, it'll be Wiley and, uh, and it could be as early as this week, if not sometime in the next few weeks. Yeah. This is from Mel Stout on Twitter. Mel Stout. What can Spags do to address the arm tackling? I see improvements overall and get hopeful that we can get stops than bad tackling. Players hold back to avoid penalties? Question mark. It's going over the fundamentals, right? And and doing that, you're at the point of the season where you don't really have a ton of padded practices left. Like you're either good or you're not at this stage. And so I, I think it's just making sure that these guys know their fundamentals, squaring up and, and getting it done. There's not much you can do. It, it, it's at that point of the year where you can only do so much coaching, and it's up to these players to play better. Right? Right. They know how to tackle. They're in the NFL, right? They just need to play better. I know that's a little bit of a, a cop-out out answer, but they need to, uh, in my opinion, just play a little bit tougher and, and better and especially open in space. And I, I think they're capable of that. I know that Nick Bolton has been the subject of some heat on Chiefs Twitter I just think it's a little unfair with him because he is expected to to be that guy for the Chiefs, but he's also a second-year player. And there are times when he is vulnerable, but at the same time, he's getting better each and every year, and I think he's going to be better than he was this year, next year. And, like, this is the NFL now with a, with a cap. What, do you, would you have rather Anthony Hitchens? Be, I, don't, I don't think Anthony Hitchens is even on the team. What's your answer there? Maybe draft somebody that – that was a little bit better. Nick Bolton to me has, has been good. He needs to grow into great because they took him in the second round, but I, I'm just not a fan of, of the constant, like this is Nick Bolton's fault. It's not, it's the unit's fault. And I think they can play better. Still confident. Mahomes wins MVP. I am. I am. I, I think the, the way that it wouldn't happen for me at this stage is, well, Jalen hurts would have to keep his. I, I think it's going to be Mahomes or hurts. So let's, let's put that out. There. Yeah. Hertz would have to keep his numbers up, which it appears he's going to be capable of. He has really taken that next step this year and, and really impressed me. I did not think he was ever going to be a, a potential top five guy, and he's clearly that. He needs to keep the numbers up, and he and what Hertz also would need is the Bills not to slip up because there's a narrative factor of it. So if he clinches the bye for the Philadelphia Eagles and has mm-hmm. numbers comparable to Mahomes, he's winning the MVP. Mahomes needs to keep his numbers up, right? you know, near hurt or hurts. And then they need to be the top seed from, in my opinion, that that's how the MVP is going to be figured out. How much of a chance do you give it that we get Kristen Nacero's nickname for Patrick Mahomes this week is petty Mahomes. Mm. I, th- I, you know, I, I think it's highly probable. I think, uh, I think maybe next week might be the time that you, you see it when Mahomes maybe throws for a couple touchdowns and, and really has one of those games where he reminds everybody, it, it never it never ends with with the national media sort of forgetting about what Mahomes can do, and uh, and then he reminds everybody. So it's just interesting that it's between he and Hertz, and Mahomes is doing this in his season. And eh, we'll get into it later. I just think it's funny that he loses Tyreek, he gains AJ Brown. Numbers go up, numbers go up for both. Yet we're in a discussion that you know life hurts. You know, it's not, it's especially if you have futures. Just know this, Dustin. I mean, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. That's a quote by a former MVP quarterback. Yeah. Uh, it's how hard can you, you hit and, and, and keep moving forward. That sounds like a, ty- a Mike Tyson type of thing. Yeah. Um, my question for you that I've kind of been thinking about uh, when I was putting the show together for after this is, yeah. are you necessarily rooting for Miami to win or lose? 
on Sunday night because here's my scenario in my head. Oh, I see what you're saying. The division's already over, yeah. right? Like, I would assume that eventually the Chargers are just going to run out of weeks to you're where, like, at, the magic number takes over. We're looking like, at the AFC bye. I'm looking at get everybody out of it as, as much as possible. So that's my question. I are didn't you, even, are you, what are you rooting more that, for? That's pretty smart. Thank you. Didn't really think of that angle. I think you might be right. Probably better off the Chargers winning that game. And you picked the Chargers. People want the instant gratification of the AFC West title, but, but I. It's already there. You're, they're going to get it anyway. Yeah. Right. You're not I, losing I, to Denver. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think it's probably better because this is a Super Bowl or bus city. Let's go. Uh, if if the the Chargers win that game, actually. Yeah. Smart. Smart. You, look, you, you're, you're coming at this from all the angles after hours. Come when on. Arrowhead Pride you know, calls me and says, hey, we need you as a, as a guest speaker this week. Let's do it. You're on Arrowhead Pride Radio. You're the host of Arrowhead Pride Radio. What I'm else not, do you want? You are the host of Arrowhead Pride Radio. I am? Yeah. No. Oh. Well, that's great. I'm just here to be your guy. I'm oh. your ba- I'm your Robin to your Batman. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like that. I'm the Riddler to your Two Face. Batman would like a sandwich. Can you give me? Can you make that happen? Yeah, there's an egg salad one in the, in the kitchen <laughs> over there. I go grab for if you want it. I uh, got a coffee stout in here left over from no. Carrington and Binkley. If no. you want that too, no, thank you. Uh, Pete Sweeney, what do you got coming up this week with Arrowhead Pride with everything going on, Chiefs? Because practice started today, we yeah. got the rest of the week moving forward. A ton of injuries, so yeah. we'll be we'll be monitoring those, making sure you guys are updated. We'll be back out there tomorrow talking to the coordinators. Special uh. teams has, has been an issue, but I think it's improving slowly but surely. I know that a lot of people are going to be wondering what Steve Spagnuolo says, so we'll be covering that at at Arrowhead Pride. Keep you updated leading into the first of two Chiefs and Broncos matchups. I'm not too worried about it, but if you are, we'll have all the details coming up this week. You know where to find us? I just don't want it to be 17 to 9. And I know people are probably, our text line's broke, so I can't get into it. What about a 9-9 tie? No, absolutely not. I hate ties in football. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's Pete Sweeney. Thanks to Chris Nacero, Dusty Likens, Spinarrowhead Pride Radio. Pete, uh, you're a good man. We'll talk to you later on this week, and uh, good luck with the rest of the week out at Arrowhead. All right. See you later. Spinarrowhead Pride Radio here on 610 Sports Radio. Coming up next, it'll be After Hours. Myself, Chris Nacero, we got a lot to talk about and a lot of futures that are getting ruined week by week here on 610 Sports Radio. Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.